What are your thoughts on these new restrictions? Well, I am an, uh, a board-certified obstetrician, and I've trained in or been in practice in Eastern North Carolina for about 25 years. And as an ABGYN, I care for two patients. I have a maternal patient and a fetal patient, and, and they both are so important to me. And, you know, in medicine, there is never a place for the direct and intentional killing of another human being. So the fact that we're going from 20 to 12 weeks from the standpoint of my fetal patient, less fetal patients will actually uh, die with interventions that doctors actually are given permission to do. And then for my maternal patient, so many provisions in this, you know, that really address the barriers they're facing. So I work um, as a medical director at Choices Women's Center in Wilson, and we see only women with unintended pregnancies who have often come in alone, scared, coerced, and so many of their barriers are socioeconomic, and that's consistent with the literature, too. And this bill addresses some of those barriers, so increases maternity leave, tries to get at some of the, the barriers with adoption, um, and increases state funding um, related to uh, programs that can actually help women address these barriers. So for me, this bill um, is very protective for both my maternal and my fetal patients. You've referred to how you say that you have two patients when you are working with a pregnant woman. Um, Are there people who have the same profession as you who think differently about that? Um, I would have to say yes, because when you look at some of the um, guidelines that uh, one of our professional organizations, the American College of OBGYN, puts out, um, they really um, recognize the maternal patient as the patient and um, don't uh, recognize the fetal patient um, nearly uh, as much. And and the sad part is it's oftentimes that patient is recognized if it is an intended pregnancy or a desired pregnancy. But if it is an unintended pregnancy, then it's like that fetal patient goes away. Um, Whereas I have an ethical obligation um, to care for both of them. And while, yes, sometimes, um, especially if the life of the mother is in danger, I may have to prematurely separate my two patients. Um, But the intention of my procedure is not to end the life of one of them. I want to try to save both of them. The unforeseen consequence sometimes is the death of my fetal patient. If it's too young or there's no way I can save that patient. But that's completely different from an induced abortion where the purpose of an induced abortion is to actually end the life of the embryo or fetus. Um, and there's no place in medicine for that intentional ending the life of another human being. You were talking about some of your patients who come in, uh, especially if they come from backgrounds that do not have much money at all and they're struggling on their own. Um, people who are in that position who are considering an abortion, who are considering all of their options that they have in front of them, what's it like from someone in your perspective dealing with someone who's got a lot of those types of questions of what do I do? 
Yeah, I want to empower women with information. They are getting ready to make a decision of massive consequence. And I want them to be in a place where they have as much information so that they can make a decision that is so well-informed that there is an ethical obligation to provide an informed consent. And this bill sadly had to include specifically how that needs to be done because oftentimes that's not done in this setting of an unintended pregnancy. So when they come to um, Choices Women's Center, I my goal is for them to understand the risks and benefits of giving birth, of adoption, and of abortion. My goal is for them to understand fetal development and how far along um, they are in their pregnancy and what does that mean, what type of abortion. If they choose abortion, would they be having medication versus surgical? Um, so, you know, I, I think a, a lot of times, especially when I was given testimony the other day, um, uh, the people against the bill were saying, you're making people wait three days in order to make decisions. These women arrive, like, really overwhelmed, and I want them to get to a place where they stepped back, taken a deep breath, allowed the part of the brain, that, the thinking part of the brain, not to be hijacked by the part of the brain that's called the limbic system that's always looking to protect us from danger and to be able to, to really process, holy cow, this is such a big decision. I want to be able to talk to trusted people, whether they're family members, the father of the baby, hopefully, um, if it's a, you know someone they can speak with, and then healthcare professionals. Um, we have client service advocates here who are, you know, um, can actually help them address some of their needs that are non-medical um, because oftentimes what they're saying to us is, you know, I can't afford it. I, I don't want to stop school. I don't have the support of the father. And so trying to help them um, realize those barriers and then partner with them to help them because they often do not want to have an abortion, but they feel like that's their best choice at the moment. 